0: marketing for me is the lever that you use to drive growth that is the mouthpiece that is communicating about who you are what you offer and what you can do to solve your prospects challenges
1: you're listening to sunny side up a b2b podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sunnyside Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Costello, and today I'm super excited to talk to Sherry Grote on how you can supercharge your marketing organization. Sounds like she has a bit of a blueprint on how to implement and scale demand gen. Um, Sherry's an experienced, passionate marketing leader over the past 25 years. She's proven to be results-driven, building and mentoring high-performing teams while fostering collaboration across the organization, right? We know that alignment between sales and marketing is so, so important in order to deliver pipeline and revenue for her orgs, right? Currently, she's the VP of marketing at Blue Ridge, who is a supply chain planning software solution, and she's going to walk us through some of her expertise as it relates to demand gen, channel marketing, uh, sales development. Really, we're going to run a gamut today, right? Sherry, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show
0: thank you rory i'm excited to be here and looking forward to the conversation as well
1: perfect perfect obviously you've got a wealth of experience right on top of that it sounds like you've been put in the situation where you've had to implement start a marketing org right grow and scale a demand gen program at a bunch of different organizations of a couple different sizes right so looking forward to some of that wisdom so our readers can try and or listeners can try and replicate that put it into practice right Walk me through some of that experience, right? Of getting put into the driver's seat for an organization's marketing program, right? Where do you start?
0: (laughs) So it's a fun journey. Uh, Every time you get the opportunity to start from scratch, Uh, I had the benefit uh, in my career to actually start uh, in a startup organization. So uh, I cut my teeth in marketing, doing everything from brand positioning to collateral development to what's the messaging going to look like and to actually doing all of the marketing efforts for the sales team. Uh, so I had a lot of fun doing that and found out that I really enjoyed uh, the building, the growing and the scaling. And I have been fortunate to do that at either um, several startups in my career or what I like to call startups with legs. Uh, those are maybe some organizations that have a little bit more uh history behind them and they have a little bit more on the ARR side and things along that nature. But they're really looking for that next level growth uh, where they need to actually build uh, and scale and grow uh, the organization from a marketing perspective. So I've done that in a little bit of different organizations. I've also done it in some established ones as well. Um, But that's really much more about keeping the engine going. And that's really not as exciting to me as starting it over or getting it going or building it from scratch. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you might be leaning more towards the startup and the startup with legs, right? At least in terms of a challenge. So, so what makes it different and what gets you excited to work with an org that's in that stage of their growth and development?
0: Yeah. So, I think probably the first thing is you have to tie what you do and and who you are together, right? At the end of the day, that's where you really find a synergy for that work-life balance that you're looking for. And what I learned is that part of what I need personally in order to feel fulfilled is to be able to uh, put my fingerprints on something and make a difference. And that's not just in um, in the work or in the marketing or in the growth. It's also in the lives of the people that you're you're bringing along for the ride. And uh, and so I have had the the pleasure of being able to do that in a a few places. Um, A couple of them still have really great relationships with the people themselves because we not only did phenomenal work in building and growing, but also uh, had great results, but built great friendships along the way. And so for me personally, that's why I like to stay on that side of it rather than the traditional stodgy, here it is, let's keep doing it, wash, rinse, repeat kind of thing, Right. Um, But it does take a lot of roll up your sleeves, be a part of the organization, figure out what is the real value proposition. And that's really the first place to start. And once you've figured that out, you need to create um, not only provocative marketing materials to get the attention of your marketplace, but you have to build out a playbook that's going to work for your organization against who you're competing against, or creating a space. I've done both, and when you're creating a space, you get the benefit of you're not doing what anybody else is doing. You're doing something completely different. That can be a challenge in and of itself, um, but it's a lot of fun. So you really need to start with where's your value prop, and then uh, and then starting putting together the pieces that are going to make that demand gen engine uh, really work for you. So for me, um, once I have the value proposition, I make sure I get in there and start figuring out what's the digital landscape look like what are we going to do how are we going to do it what is the process going to be to get people to look at what we're talking about Uh, and then infusing that with some dollars usually as part of the process Uh, and of course um, really inspiring the team because they're going to have to really roll up their sleeves and do a lot of the work uh, because usually in these types of organizations that i've been in how don't you don't have the infrastructure that you have at a large you know organization so everybody's got to pitch in and and be a part of it uh and so building that team collaboration that camaraderie really goes a long way to make sure that you're generating results that are eventually going to drive pipeline so that's a long-winded answer to that but there's a lot of pieces that go into each one of those
1: yeah, no, and I I love the passion for it. I can tell this is something that really gets you fired up, right? Um, leaving that fingerprint on an org. Um, I'm curious with this early stage, right, where you're you're entering into a small marketplace, or maybe you're defining it, right? How are you working around these limitations, these lack of resources, and how are you getting everybody fired up to go out there and make some noise and disrupt, right?
0: Uh, creating. There's a book called um, Play Bigger. Uh, and, and it talks about creating lightning strikes. And they're not easy to create. That's not something that just happens magically overnight. Um, it takes people sometimes smarter than me to come up with those kinds of ideas. Uh, and, and really just when you bring yourself and the people that you are bringing along with you to the table and you realize that they're probably smarter than you are, have better ideas than you have, they'll actually create even better content or even better lightning strikes or even better marketing provocative materials that they're going to bring to the table it's going to be way better than anything you would have come up with all by yourself so giving them the space to be who they are uh, is probably one of the best things a leader could do in an organization like that because startup culture is crazy
1: yeah That it is. Yeah. And I I totally understand that you don't want to be micromanaging um, and, you know, stepping on your employees' toes, kind of stifling that creativity, right? No. Um, Now, I'm sure that along the way, it hasn't all been sunshine and roses, right? What are some common pitfalls that you have run into that you can kind of flag for others out there to maybe
0: avoid? Absolutely. So, so one of the things that I think is really important um, in any organization, no matter the size, is... Building true consensus among the leadership team that uh, that you're working with, um, they have to believe in what you're doing. Uh, I have been very fortunate in most of my organizations that people believed in marketing. They saw marketing not as what I used to call the crayons and, and words department, right? Like it wasn't just the pretty stuff. They believed that marketing had a seat at the table. And we're a huge part of why you would grow an organization. And when you have, if if you have leaders like that, it's easy to build consensus. If you don't, then you have to prove that to the leadership team. Now, that means you need to be focused on results uh, and and numbers usually, which is where the demand gen side of marketing comes to the table. Uh, and and you know, I think that's a huge part of it. And I think the second piece to it is that we all say it. We all believe that sales and marketing are the same side or the opposite sides of two to the same coin, right? We all say that. We we call it in my world's marketing. Um, I can't coin that as my own. I think it was HubSpot that first started that. Uh, and I'm a huge HubSpot fan. But they um, they really infuse the fact that sales and marketing have to be completely aligned. And In a startup culture, it's even more important because that feedback loop from sales that they're getting from the prospects early on in the sales cycle uh, needs to come back into marketing so that you can change and quickly uh, and nimbly change that messaging so that it becomes more on point so that you're not wasting time. Because time is the biggest resource uh, that you have and it's limited. And in startup culture, you need to make sure you're using that one in particular um, very wisely.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I feel you there. Um, quick question on that point, right? It is so important, marketing, marketing and sales alignment, whatever you want to call it, uh, getting everybody on the same page. What are some ways that you have facilitated that when maybe you, you've stepped into uh, an organization where it hasn't been a pure partnership or everybody hasn't been on the same page, right? How did you tackle that?
0: The first thing you can do in any situation like that that's going to drive the needle towards um, better alignment in my case has been opening up a dialogue with the salespeople. That meant spending time with them. Uh, You know, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of salespeople when they're coming into an organization, uh, which is great because then you start building that rapport before they're even on board. Um, But once they're on, or if you're coming into an organization and they're already very well established, spending time with them and getting their perspective. If anything else in leadership, if you ask good questions, you will learn so much more than trying to say, hey, this is what we need to do. It's actually much better to sit and listen and ask questions. And salespeople are very full of knowledge. They just don't even know how to put it on paper. And so interviewing them, spending time with them, uh, and then actually delivering results you know is huge uh, as far as a marketing person is concerned. Uh, One of the tactics that I usually try to go into a QBR with when I'm going into a sales QBR, instead of just talking at them, uh, I actually try to find a salesperson who had something that worked well from a marketing perspective in the last quarter and let them speak on our behalf too. Because if other salespeople hear what you're doing and how it's helping them be more successful, the more likely other salespeople are willing to come and talk to you and say, hey, how do I do that? How do I um, get those kind of results? What do I need to do? How can I help? And it starts opening up a dialogue that maybe you didn't have before.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I love that, especially that part about teasing that knowledge out of salespeople, right? Um, There's a reason that sellers are in sales, right? They're not uh, necessarily always the creative types. They're not out there driving content. Some of them do, obviously. You've seen them on LinkedIn, but um, that is... Definitely, definitely important, right? Um, Was that the case at Blue Ridge, right? When you stepped in, walk me through what was different this time around and maybe how that related to your past experience.
0: Sure. So at Blue Ridge, I actually have had an interesting adventure in that we hired a bunch of salespeople before we had a marketing engine ready to go. Uh, so it's been a little bit more challenging in trying to get the marketing engine revved up to feed all that they had we just didn't have digital marketing here so i've had to build it literally from the ground up Uh, and we're we're finally i would say the car has started uh and and we've got it in gear and now we're trying to push the gas pedal and go fast right to really feed that um so so i feel a little bit behind the eight ball here still but we're we're making progress and it's definitely in the right direction. Uh, now, when I was with Stepo Systems, uh, you know, we built a, a demand gen engine from the ground up. Like the sales team was well established. They had a good book of, of business, but they really didn't have marketing that was delivering sales qualified leads to them. And so I did implement those strategies of talking to the salespeople interviewing them, getting their insights. Um, I brought them into the the creation phase when we were brainstorming even to get the right messaging. And uh, the best salespeople that I've ever worked with have their own messaging. They have their own tailoring and if they, they're smart, they use marketing uh, to help them do it even better. Uh, but, but we did open up that dialogue, build a bridge uh, between sales and marketing because there wasn't one. Um, unlike at Blue Ridge where we've been building it from the ground up here anyway. So we already have that, that alignment is happening. We just aren't fast enough for sales yet, but we'll get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. No, no, nothing's ever fast enough for sales. Right. But, um, back to, uh, Blue Ridge, when you're talking about having to build, uh, a digital team from scratch, right. As opposed to a demand gen engine, um. What does that look like? How do you build a digital foundation from the ground up?
0: So, uh, at Blue Ridge, we've actually had to, we started with the infrastructure from the very base level. Like, we needed to build Google AdWords, we had to build LinkedIn presence, we had to build a new website in less than, I think, 11 weeks is when we launched it. Uh, and so we we had to build all that infrastructure side just to even be able to do digital marketing. We had to build lists that didn't exist. So that meant finding the audiences and talking to them and warming them up and bringing them in and along for the ride so that we could even do digital marketing for them. And um, And so now that we have all of the infrastructure in place and we have those ads running and we have... Uh, thought leadership content that's being used out in the marketplace now, uh, it's really time to to kick in the demand gen engine. So now we've built that digital piece, and now we need to really utilize it to drive uh, pipeline and revenue for, for sales and for the organization. So what does that look like? So the playbooks that I have built um, in the past that have worked really well that we're working on right now um, at Blue Ridge is – you have obviously net new logo, right? That's everybody's looking for the new business, the the new logos you can add to your customer base. So that's a motion and a marketing piece all of its own because you talk to those people differently. Um, I've also put together um, in the past customer marketing track. So those are people that you either want to upsell, cross-sell or retain. And in the B2B SaaS world, retention is huge, right? You're trying to keep those those percentages as close to 100% as possible or better. Uh, And so you need an engine that's running for just that. So how do you keep communicating with your existing customers? And then there's a whole channel piece or a partnership piece or whatever you want to call it, because lots of different organizations call it different things. But if you really want to grow and you're in hyper growth mode, channel is definitely a lever you can pull. That's going to help you very quickly Um, in that I've called that breadth and depth of channel marketing. The breadth is you need more partners. So you need to sign up partners. The depth is you need those partners thinking of your solution when they're out talking to their clients. So you need two different motions going on at the same time within that particular um, arm of marketing and in that playbook. So I have brought in people in the past who actually were in sales and brought them into the marketing role so that we could help coach them and teach them on how do you actually translate that into marketing materials or how do you create sales enablement materials that are going to make those partners uh, think about you as opposed to your competitor or somebody else, right? So you have all three of those going at the same time. And then the reason that I have been able to build a good relationship with sales uh, and keep that alignment is that fourth piece of my playbook, which is um, having the SDR slash BDR slash ADR. Uh, there's an acronym for everything, right? Uh, having that team sitting within marketing. And what they do is they qualify everything that comes in. So now you have just eliminated the challenges that exist between sales and marketing. Sales is saying, hey, where are my good leads? And marketing saying, hey, where where's all the results on the leads I've already sent you, right? Well, if all we're doing is sending over qualified leads that turn into pipeline for sales, they stop asking. Right? They're fed. They can go do what they do well, which is close. And that's what you want them doing. You don't want them out having to do too much prospecting. Much better if they can spend their time closing deals. Uh, and then from a marketing perspective, if if the uh, that group sits within marketing, now the same owner that was responsible for generating the leads is also responsible for following up. So guess what's going to happen naturally? And follow up on them. So so that playbook has worked really well for me at multiple organizations. And that's what we're looking to implement um, as we're going along here at Blue Ridge 2.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I totally understand why you would want to bring the BDrs under marketing's wing, right? I feel like that's kind of a, a common debate that happens in a lot of orgs: is where where do the BDrs sit, right? Are they really are they selling? Are they marketing? Um, it can kind of get really blurry, right? Um, so it makes sense why you brought them under your wing, right? But what does marketing mean to you?
0: So marketing for me is the lever that you use to drive growth. That is the mouthpiece that is communicating about who you are, what you offer and what you can do to solve your prospects challenges. If we do that well, then sales should be relatively easy to do because you've already created the air cover. You've already solved that challenge. You've shown the prospects along the way how you can do it. And so then if you do that well and you pull that lever in the right way, you will exponentially grow your organization. And I've seen it where you can grow it above 100% year over year. And that's a fantastic place to, for any company to be in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I totally understand. You're looking to grow rapidly, right? Um But a big part of that, it sounds like, especially at Blue Ridge, is through these partnerships and through the channel, right? Um, But to your point, you can't be an expert on everything, right? There's, there's, There's a ton of solutions and technology out there, right? And you want to be top of mind within your partnerships, within the channel, right? How are you making sure that happens? How are you making sure that Blue Ridge is at the top of all of your partners' minds.
0: So we're just getting started. We're probably a good maybe six months into this program. And having a partnership with the, the channel team, uh, just like you do the sales team, uh, is crucial, right? So alignment between uh, the C-suite in those two areas is huge. Um, we have that. And so that's one thing. The other thing is which partners and defining which partners are you going to go after? Because there's lots of different kinds of partners, especially in software. Is it going to be the big boys? You know, is it going to be the SIs? Is it going to be the Microsofts, the Amazons? The, h- how are you going to choose those partners and w- and how are you going to play in that ecosystem? And once you have a strategy defined for that, you can really bring in a marketing team to help you uh, grab a hold of that attention. So once you have the partners on board, it's really about showing them how you're going to make their life better by using your solution, right? Or by thinking about your solution. So for most of them, it's all about revenue as well, right? So it's how are they going to get customers faster or how are they going to bring people on board or how are you going to increase their implementation um, programs, if they're doing that for you, right? Things like that. So it's it's sales enablement, it's solving their challenges, and it's a constant drumbeat of information that's helpful to those partners to get them to be thinking about you.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. But to your point from earlier, there's so many partners out there, right? Large, small, and yeah, we should whittle down that list. How have you done that in the past? How do you decide which partners are going to be your top? Right. Is it that exact alignment? Are there other factors that play into it? Walk me through that.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things that have come into play in the past are uh definitely alignment at the executive levels, right? Not only internally to the organization that you're with, but also between you and the partners. Like there has to be some already relationship. I would say, just like anything else in business, if you're looking at partners to help you grow your business, uh, relationships matter um, probably as much as anything else. And uh, and then also I've seen a, a strategy session with those partners really work, like how do we do this together so that you buy in from both sides of the organizations, not just us trying to communicate out to them or vice versa. Um, and then I've seen them do, you know, things like just down to the tactic level, like account sharing, um, account strategizing, like who are we going to go after and why? So, so basically in marketing speak, right, that's ABM, like you'd say, okay, here's who we're going to go after. This is the message we're going to give to them. And this is how we're going to go get them. And when you do that in the partner world, I think it's even more effective than when you're just doing it with companies and prospects and you know traditional marketing yeah
1: yeah no and that makes a lot of sense i mean right it it works and it would make even more sense that it would work with the partners as well right but you've made a ton of progress at blue ridge right that's that's clear throughout this conversation what do you see as next on your to-do list right what is the next big step at blue ridge
0: the next big step for us is true abx is not just um, we've been doing things more on a general level um, across the board applies to more people than not. uh, And we are we're moving towards that truly account based effort so that it's hyper personalized. We're doing um, you know, specific things for specific people, not just for groups of people. Uh, So there's a lot more of that that's on the horizon for us. And, it's the first time that that Blue Ridge has done that. So it's going to be fun to to implement that for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to see that grow and develop for you over the next couple of years, right? Um, while we're here, do you have any recommendations for the audience, right? Any book, blog, newsletter, any piece of content that really sticks out to you as kind of a, a great place to go for information for someone who might be growing and developing as a person and as a professional in marketing?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I think anything by Adam Grant, Simon Sinek, and Brene Brown tops at everybody's list, right? But uh, but I do have um, a few others that are really, that have been very beneficial to me as a, a leader and as a, a marketing professional too. There's one called um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, uh, which is a fantastic book, especially if you're in an organization that needs a revamp um that's a really great book uh emotionally healthy leader is a really great one too um i would say that probably has been the most impactful on me and if you are in startup culture if you're in b2b SaaS, uh i would say play bigger and crossing the chasm are both really great reads um creating a category is is every marketer's dream i think honestly and so, the the whole concept that's in Playbaker, um, and then once you've created the category and Crossing the Chasm is a really, really great set.
1: Yeah. Ultimate way to leave your thumbprint, right? But um, love that. Thank you for the recommendations. Apart from that, are there any, you know, people who are inspirational to you specifically, maybe a mentor or someone whose work you just are a huge fan of that maybe we should have on the podcast?
0: Oh, what a great question. I love that. Uh, so I actually came to Blue Ridge to follow a mentor. That's how I got here. Uh, I was actually at another organization as the head of marketing and decided that I would come over here to work for, for him again. His name is Prashant Bhatia. He is a CMO in the B2B SaaS space. Uh, he is not with Blue Ridge, but um, but I would say that he's definitely a fantastic leader uh, and probably somebody that I have learned more from in my career than than anyone else. Um, I have another one that's a fantastic one, which is Russ Ackner and Winning by Design. They do a lot of marketing strategy and I've had the benefit of, of working with him now for about six months, I think. And uh, he has quickly become a very close friend and very smart marketing individual and leader. And I think my last one, if anybody in marketing has to do events, uh, Lori McCreary at Destination South—they're uh, an event and meeting specialist organization—and she is fantastic at coming up with ideas, at uh, building the strategy around an event, and making a marketing leader's life easier. <laughs> so those are my those are my top three go-to's whenever I have to do something or need a question or have uh have a challenge and i need to reframe a problem those are the people i go to
1: love that love that prashant russ laurie keep an eye out um we'd love to have you on right um but sherry say someone's listening to this it's really resonating with them or um just blue ridge in general is standing out to them as a fantastic or how can people get in touch with you after this podcast right where are you most accessible
0: probably the easiest place to get a hold of me is linkedin i mean let's face it i'm on it all day long just about uh but you can always reach me uh, at sherry.grody at blueridgeglobal.com and uh and or message me on linkedin those would be your two best places
1: awesome awesome all right well thank you so much for coming and joining us on the podcast today we really appreciated the insight i think this is super helpful um and yeah thanks so much
0: Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Rory. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand-based TV.